You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I discuss our expectations for participation levels and market activity in 2024. How will new participants, those who started during COVID, engage with outdoor recreation this year? Will consumer demand for equipment be as cool in 24 as it was in 23? How will macro trends in the U.S. economy affect these markets? And what does the long-term future look like for various outdoor categories? Let's get into it. So, yeah, 2023 was not a great year for outdoor. 2023 was a bad year for a bike. Sales. I mean, yeah, it was most of, most of our members were hurting a bit. And, you know, we saw that we saw some economic fallout. And, you know, you and I predicted that all along. It sucked, but it happened. Uh, but it's also like a natural part of the, the cycle. You yeah. Know? Like it's not it's not like anyone did anything wrong. It's just the way that rational consumers behave when when there's a shock to demand and all of a sudden there's like there's a ripple effect right i i I just like to to make sure that folks know that we're not harping on someone making a bad decision like it's no it's totally impossible to avoid and i'll I'll share the link to the beer game again where you see a shock to the did did you play that game yeah i played that game you see a, a shock to uh demand for a beer and you at the controls knowing full well that you are going to try and avoid the bullwhip effect you are yeah. going to see the bullwhip effect play out because it is impossible to not do that you know i think we've shared that link before but i'll, I'll share it again just because i think it's fun but I, I i interrupted you so so 23 was a tough year it was a tough year and you know I, the good news though is that we didn't lose participants Absolutely. Right. So, okay. You know, we had it, we had the disruption demand where we had a, a great year. I mean, 2020, 2021 were, were really good years for outdoor. So the fact that we haven't lost participants is, is key to me. That tells me that, you know, we've got more people participating. They're going to, they're going to expand out to different categories. I mean, a lot of them mm-hmm. came in, in super accessible categories like hiking. And yeah. you know now it's our responsibility to engage those participants and and move them throughout outdoor. Now we can all share them. We can try and get them paddling. We can share them, right? We can try and get them biking. Yeah, try and get them skiing. Um, but once they're in, they're in. You know, we've got them, and and that's that's key. This year, I'll be watching the retail data very closely, as we discussed in the last in the last episode. But I get participation data on April fifteenth, and I cannot wait to look at it. I think we're going to be. Probably flat to up one and a half percent. That's a very conservative estimate, and I'm I'm basing that on the last five years of of participation growth trends. I, yeah. I really, I even though the market was down this year, I don't see participation um, falling. Maybe a slight leveling off, and that's about it. But in, and that's I'm talking about flat in terms of rate. We'll stay right around fifty five. Maybe even go up to fifty five to fifty five three in terms of participation rate. Our count will go up. Um, yeah. Last year we got an additional 3.8 million. I think this year we will get an additional two to three million. So we'll be up to almost, well, probably just beyond 170 million Americans participating in outdoor recreation. And keep in mind, this is, these are projections based on past data. You know, there there are all kinds of reasons why I I could be wrong, but you know that's my that's my prediction for participation. Yeah. For what do you what do you think? 
I feel similarly. So so we saw a lot of folks turn to cycling in 2020 during the first, we'll say, year of the pandemic. And that surge sort of uh, was was sustained. And um, we, we saw continued growth in 22. We, we do a biennial survey, sort of like our census of bicycling in the U.S. And so every year we get data from the Physical Activity Council, uh, but we also supplement that with our own research, which um, is a more, I think, holistic focus on cycling to include bicycling for recreation, bicycling for transportation, and cycling indoors. So in 22, we saw an increase in the rate and in the absolute number of Americans. So in 22, we measured more Americans over the ages of three, more Americans riding than ever before. The 108 million Americans rode a bike at least once in 2022 which is huge, right? That was up over 104 million in 2020, which we thought then was was a windfall for the industry because we we sort of had this like uh, really unique time when infrastructure, like the city centers temporarily changed their layouts to accommodate or to encourage active transportation. And there's folks like skateboarding and walking and cycling and scootering all across downtowns because it was blocked off to traffic. And that really like uh, generated a lot of interest in cycling, which which was sustained. And I I see that continuing in 24 as well. I I think that we'll probably be level compared to 22 and 23 maybe, but I we're definitely not going down. And I think you know as tough as the 23 market was for people trying to sell products, I think there's a lot of optimism here in the long run. You know the the participants are around. We we've had so many conversations about how to engage with participants and customers and potential customers and maintaining relationships using service and repairs as as a um, as a lever that dealers can use to, to keep people coming in the door and all this stuff and events and what we can do to, to sell the little things so that we're setting ourselves up to sell that big thing there's a lot of opportunity here in the long run but yeah 2024 I expect good things for participation I still expect the market to be tough. I think there's a long road to recovery. We, we've seen a lot of discounting in 23. We expect a lot of discounting in 24 too, as we see a huge over inventory sort of get chewed through. Yeah. There's a lot of bikes left to sell. Yeah. I'm seeing that category to category too. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, one of the things that, that I've noted in the data is that casual participation is, is probably up a little bit more than core. I mean, number of outings, the average number of outings is down in just about every category. Yeah. And I mean, that's important in aggregate across outdoor, you know, as we see that 51 plus outings a year equals core. Um, so about about a third, about 30% are core, that we consider core. And that number is actually going down a bit. And yeah. I'm not sure that's, you know, it. I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned with the kids because I'm seeing that happen with the kids. But I would expect that to continue to go down a bit. I mean, and there there are a myriad of reasons why that that's probably happening. But I would expect to see sure. that to continue to go down, and it's pro- that's probably a signal that that we need to start having serious conversations about it across outdoors, mm-hmm. especially you know when when we're talking about kids. Because yes. the, yeah, you know the the best way to predict what an adult is going to do is to look at what they did as a as a kid in terms yeah. of creation. So that's a concern for the future. But what I'm seeing is um, massive opportunities in, in products for the casual participant, right? I mean, talking about um, something that doesn't, you know, it's they're not choosing it as a lifestyle. You know, they're not trying to through hike somewhere. They just, they just want to go out and do stuff outside. And, you know, I think that 
A, we need to really think about those those consumers because yes, you know, we can have that we can we can engage them better and mm-hmm. and you know probably convince them to do more stuff outside. And I think the definition for outdoor activity will expand a bit. You know, I I consider the people that are outdoor gardening, the people that are outdoor in their backyard playing games, that are outdoor okay. yeah. in their backyard camping for the first time with the kids. I love know, a backyard we, camping trip. Love backyard camping. It's so cute. I mean, the kids feel safe. It's a nice, it's like, it's just a step towards, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah. that's, I feel like the 14.5 million people that entered the outdoor recreation space in the past four years, they're all, they're like backyard campers. They're getting ready to do something <laughs> more, right? They're all, they're all in a safe little tent. They can go inside to pee and they're going to have a, a great time. And eventually we're going to get them a little bit further from, you know, safety from their, from their home. And yeah. That's that's where that's where I see huge opportunity in the marketplace right now. Yeah, and I think there's there's such a huge opportunity to meet that sort of like entry level participant with the information needed for them to feel comfortable expanding out into those new activities. So like so for camping it would be the backyard camping. For cycling it's like cycling on the neighborhood path, but if someone wants to to increase their participation, if we can just meet them with, "Hey, here's how you can safely confidently pursue this activity in sort of like a greater venue, we can like kind of do a little bit of handholding to guide them to a more core participation. Yeah. Um, there's a huge opportunity there. And, and, you know, we've, we've had podcast episodes on um, using technology to enhance, I, I think our, um, our outdoor activities and like there's, there's apps, there's tons of ways to get communications out and get information out. I'm optimistic. I'm really optimistic. And I'm, I'm thinking about how the market is is adjusting to accommodate sort of a new outdoor participant. And it's not just like getting them into core, which I agree with you. I, mean, I would love to move everybody into core. But we've got a group of consumers that really, they want to be outdoors, but they want to be so comfortable. They want all the conveniences of home. And oh, I'm, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right? I'm seeing all of these all of these new places popping up that are, it's glamping. Basically, it's like, ups- how do you say yeah. you know, glamping? Is that a double positive? <laughs> but luxury glamping. How about yeah, that? Yeah, luxury glamping. I'll, I'll take that. Or adventure, sort of adventure camps. Um, I mean, or places where you can go and stay like, you know, Evo's got a hotel now. And mm. even brands like KOA are branching out into, into like sort of a, a luxury level camping experience. Interesting. So, I mean, and I'm seeing I'm seeing that across outdoor. Like, okay, yeah. So it it can be uncomfortable to be outdoors. You can get cold, you can get wet. You know, all kinds of things can happen because you're outdoors. So what can we do to make that this experience super comfortable for you? And if that means a cloth of bathtub in your tent, great. <laughs> Absolutely, one hundred percent willing to. Oh, and oh. you know, do you need a fence yard for your dogs at your campsite? Great, bring them along. Do you need? I mean, what what do you need? Wi-Fi? Great. We got that for you. Do you oh, need? Man. Do you need a bed in your tent? Great, we got that. We got that too. And and it's going to be this lovely, just a, amazing, comfortable, safe experience for anybody that's interested. In, and I say, the, yeah. let's let's cater to those customers too. They are outdoor customers, and yeah, you know they want they want the comforts of home, but also they want they want to experience outdoors. They want that experience in their lives. I say yeah. let. Let's reach out. Let's give it to them. I agree. 
as long as my primitive campsite isn't right next to someone running a generator, then I totally agree. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a pretty big pet peeve of mine when that generator is still running at 10 p.m. and it's been a long day. But um, yeah, me, like meet folks where they are. If, if you know, if, if they have sort of constraints or limits on how they want to participate, then why not just meet those and no, no. Um, and continue to offer them the opportunity to participate because then they're going to support your brand by purchasing your goods. Yeah. You know? I agree. I'm currently obsessed with hot tenting. So that, <laughs> that's a whole different yes, thing. Yes, yes. Talking about wanting it's like a comfortable experience. Away. I want to be outdoors in winter, but it's got to be warm. Let's mm. make a hot tent. I might have already plugged this, but I I bought a new sleeping bag for my my mule deer hunt this year. And it was a like a mountain hardware with a Gore-Tex outer shell on it. So like the, wow. the condensation of my tent doesn't end up getting my bag wet or anything. Yeah. And zero degree bag. And I don't, I don't think it got any lower than um, the high teens or so when we were out there. But killer bag. It, it was outstanding. It was great. Oh, my uh, goodness. It's got every yeah. technical agile w- bell and which Did it come with a pillow? No pillow. No, no, no. I, I stuff <laughs> I stuff a, uh, you know, like my puffy, my my outerwear, I stuff that into a stuff sack, and then that becomes my pillow. Totally buying your camp pillow for Christmas. I've used so many different camp pillows. I have not found one I like any more than I like. This, the puffy jacket in the, because uh, I've already got the puffy. It adds no weight. It adds no space. Yeah. Camp billow takes a lot of space. And it was three miles in and I didn't want to use, dedicate any space to something that I didn't absolutely need. I had five days where the mountain houses, there's another brand plug, five yeah. days where the mountain houses to pack in and I didn't have weight to spare or, or space to spare. Well, I have a camp pillow and it's black and fluffy and it's named Howard. And it's self-heating and it wraps around my head. If he didn't fart, that'd be even better. But, mm. you know, is that the hot tent that you're describing or is that something else? That's what, no, he, it, but I'm trying to, I'm trying to help him out. <laughs> yeah. No, that is not my hot tent. The hot tent is awesome. You know what it is? It's like a tent with a wood stove Tell in me. it. Tell me. Yeah. So, yeah. And the stove and, it pa- and, it, and the stove packs flat, which mm-hmm. is awesome. So you put it together, you know, you've got a tent with a, basically it's a protected hole in it. Yeah. You can, you run your stovepipe up through it, your chimney up through it. Mm-hmm. And you have a little, you have a basically a little wood stove in your tent and it, and it, it keeps you warm and cozy. And you can also cook. It's awesome, right? Hot tent. I'm sold. <laughs> 2024, it's going to be the year of the hot tent for us. So let's go back to like market trends. So I do have new data from S&P Global. So every quarter we produce a global risk and opportunity forecast for people for bikes members. And that includes things like supply chain risk analysis, macroeconomic analysis for the US market, um, and then a uh, a unit sales forecast for the retail market. All right, quick uh, projecting. Tell us what it says. <laughs> um, we we could maybe expect to sell some more bikes in twenty four than we did in twenty three. I think this year, twenty four would be the first year since twenty twenty when we have year over year growth, because obviously we sold a ton of bikes in twenty twenty, and then in twenty one we sold a ton, but we sold a little bit less than we did in twenty twenty. Twenty two was a little less than twenty one. You measure your bike sales in tons. <laughs> that's a that's a great import export pun. That's great. Um, we sold a significant number of bikes. How about that? Yeah. And I'm I'm just thinking about units here because because prices are doing their own thing, you know. But like a road bike is you know, like eighty percent 
or the the price is eighty percent higher now than it was pre pandemic for for a lot of road bikes and and uh, so looking at price is kind of tricky but looking at units twenty four we expect to be the first year where we see year over year growth over twenty three and a lot of that's due to kids bikes which are pulled out separately from from all the other bikes and electric bikes like that that's a category that was growing significantly before the pandemic it's a it's a somewhat newer category it's still maturing it there's a lot of opportunity there we're we're seeing electric bikes getting sold to existing customers, those who are already cycling. And electric bikes are appealing to customers that wouldn't otherwise be in the bike market. And so we're bringing new folks in. I was going to ask you, since we're talking about 2024, is 2024 going to be a year when we we resolve the conflict of e-bikes on trails? Or is it going to be more conflict about e-bikes on trails because Mm. more people are taking e-bikes on trails? And Frankly, it's getting really hard to discern an e-bike from a from an analog bike on trail. It really is. Yeah, yeah. What a good question that I don't want to answer, and I'm not going to answer. But I'll have a uh, we we can have one of my esteemed colleagues come on and and we can talk all about e-bike policy and regulations. Yeah, I'd like to see that. It follows. I mean, it's following the same pattern as snowboard, as stand up paddle did with surf. Yeah, for sure. As longboard did with skate. I mean, it it it, it definitely is. It's going to be yeah. interesting. It's disruptive. I'm kind of looking for the pattern to get broken at some point. You know, it's 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 actually sort of, I mean, I remember when hikers were super pissed that mountain bikers were on the trail. You've got mountain bikers complaining that e-bikers are on the trail. And it's for I sure. Mean, I, I, yeah, I get it. It's going to be an interesting, it'll be an interesting um, subject area to watch in 20, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, I, I, there's a lot of opportunity there, but I think there's a lot of responsibility to make sure that folks are using those products in a safe way you know and 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 that's how we're going to make sure that this product that that e-bikes can be ridden at a bunch of places is by making sure that we're like following the rules lots of opportunity but there's still like this little asterisk that's like let's just make sure that everyone's being cool yeah yeah um it usually takes well in my experience you think about snowboard and ski there are still people who think that conflict is real, like snowboarders. <laughs> it, it's not true. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get a few jabs in when I go ride with a skier buddy, but it's not, it's all in good fun. Like, yeah, you know, I, I did. Serious anyway. There are still people that are serious about it, Patrick. I mean, yeah, there's always going to be like outdoor purists. And those are the folks who are the core, core people who are, you know, skiing 90, 100 days a season or something. But, you know, I think, I love being outside because I love being outside. And if I'm doing it safely, then why should that affect anyone else? You know, I, why does it matter if I'm skiing or snowboarding? Why does it matter if I'm hiking or trail running? Or why does it matter if I'm uh, using pedal assist to help me get up a hill? Or if I'm just completely under my own power getting up a hill on a, a non-electric mountain bike? I, I, I want to save this topic for another day because I'm not quite as educated as some of my other colleagues at People for Bikes. But I'm with you. And and yeah, you know, it's funny to look back at that pattern of a disruptor coming in and sort of like all of a sudden there's there's a new kid in town and they're on this sort of product and all the purists, all like the folks using sort of the established products, the the non-electric mountain bikes or whatever, just really love to hate on them. (laughs) It's It's just so fun to hate it. But like, yeah, who cares? Let's just have fun outside. You know, we're not doing we're not at work right now. Why don't we just enjoy that? We're all doing whatever, being safe. Very optimistic viewpoint. <laughs> That's what I'd like to have. Yeah, thank you. And as a world I'd like That's to. where I choose to be. Me too. Me too. I'm never going to hate on anybody because they're doing something 
that is different than what I'm doing or consuming the experience in a different way than I am. Yeah. Uh, I'll poke fun at him just a little bit, but I might. That's that's different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know that I, I have a I have a dream that, you know, tree climbing can become a thing. I'm mm. I'm I'm opening myself up to massive ridicule. <laughs> it's real. You can uh, you I can climb I'm a tree right, right now, Kim. I think I'm right. Well, like, so so what are your expectations for the the market in 24? I think we we talked about participation, yeah. and and definitely there's a lot of optimism for the long run. And and I've talked a lot about purchase cycles. We know that more than any other category, the the four to six year sort of cohort of folks who purchase a bike, the the folks who purchase a bike every four to six years are, are more common than folks who purchase more regularly. And sort of like if, if we purchased in 2020 or 21 and that like resets our purchase cycle, then of course it makes sense that we're going to sell fewer bikes in 22 and 23, but that doesn't mean we're never selling any more bikes. It just means that these large investments in durable products take a while to come back around and, and bring someone to the market, especially in a time when there's uncertainty in the economy. Well, it's going to be an interesting year all around because of what's going on um, in politics, frankly. And I mean, economically, some of those variables are going to, are probably going to pivot on that as well. But right now, um, the current economic situation is really good. Um, You know, we've we've managed to avoid a recession without, without driving up unemployment, which still blows my mind. And um, I think that the the one variable, the one data point that really gave me hope that we're going to have more disposable income flowing into the market in 2024 is that interest rates, um, home home interest rates have gone down. Mm-hmm. They were they're rising, 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 and you know I was afraid we were looking at you know 1980 scenario where we're looking at 20 percent interest rates on home loans. I know, um, right? It's pretty daunting when we're talking about you know the average price of a home in America being almost half a million dollars. Uh, but it looks like you know the economy is is healthy and strong and getting stronger, um, which yeah. means that the consumers are going to have more confidence and will probably spend more and and recreate more. And in fact, you know the political environment might drive more people outside just to get away from you know <laughs> it's, it's almost impossible to get yeah. away. So I mm-hmm. I have my prediction is is the same as participation. I say the market's going to be up. Um, flat to up about, you know, maybe up to 2%, you know, considering we're down four. And that's dollars sold. I'm not talking about units. Yeah. And it, I am seeing a lot of discounting at the end of this year. So I, I I'm hope sure. fresh, new, innovative industry, in a inventory going into outdoor specialty. And, um, you know, with more people participating, I, I expect sales to to increase as well, unless, you know, unless some of those variables that we can't control as an industry mm-hmm. or or in any way get out of get out of hand like you know something happens in the political or social sphere that is is going to affect the market i mean i'm talking about the wider market that, yeah yeah that's going to be spending overall so that's that's what i'm seeing i mean it's it's really weird because it seems like in you know People are on edge, and they're on edge economically. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you never human beings when they're in that state are are a little bit are a little bit flaky, a little bit hard to predict. And that's why that's why I'm hedging because I'm seeing a lot of Americans on the edge of their seat, and I'm worried because it can go a lot of different ways. But you know, I'll feel better when when America sits back and relaxes a little bit. 
which isn't going to happen in 2024. Yeah, that's a good point. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's circle back at the end of the year and we'll we'll grade ourselves on how we did. Okay. <laughs> I just did on that last year, and the nice thing about being like you know the a researcher that just that just predicts things is that. You know, it's it's everybody's happy when you're right, but you only get real attention when you're wrong. <laughs> so. Yeah, boy, yeah. Mm. Let's try not to be wrong. Let's try not to be wrong. I love it. All right, cheers to not being wrong. Here we go. Hey, let 2024 be an awesome year. Let's do it. We're in charge. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.